0: Hey everybody, welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley and I'm super excited for this week's show because we're talking about the fucking departed, which means I'm joined by uh, Philadelphia Rob DiCristino. Hey Rob.
1: You know Patrick, it's a good thing you decided to host this fucking podcast because you know what you're no fucking cop.
0: <laughs> this is going to be an hour of Boston accents and Mark Wahlberg impressions.
1: Please mark explicit because I'm not going to be able to stop myself.
0: <laughs> My Mark Wahlberg impression is not great, but it's just going to be like I think I found the departed, bro.
1: Well, I'm doing. You're doing. You're doing Wahlberg in like Transformers. Else. Yeah, right. And I, yeah, and I'm doing Wahlberg specifically in the. Depoted, <laughs> well, you're doing an actual mean, Mark can, Wahlberg impression. I, <laughs> I could just say the word cop. That's basically <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs>
0: Did not everyone get anyway. the memo about the Boston accents? It seems like only yes. half the cast was instructed to do them.
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it.
0: I love this movie. I want that set up front.
1: Oh, it's the fucking best
0: <laughs> since it sounds like I'm ripping on it right off the bat. I want everyone to know uh what you're in for. I love this movie. Yeah. um, hey, Rob, have you seen anything good lately oh we're gonna we're gonna do that now. yeah right, we are right,
1: let's, let's see. Well, all right. So, I um I, we were talking a little bit before we started. My my list is very very limited because uh after award season, um I <laughs> took a little movie break <laughs> because I the last thing I wanted to do was watch another movie, which I know is sacrilege to say, but uh, I needed a break. Um so I've been rewatching uh, Brian Fuller's Hannibal, mm-hmm, which I'm a huge mm-hmm, fan of, mm-hmm. uh, which you you kind of helped turn me on to. I love shows about very classy people eating and murdering. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it's a big sort of sexy, bitchy, angry show. And I love it very much. Um, so I've really only seen a couple things. Uh, I've seen uh, one movie that is the opposite of a, 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 a sexy, bitchy, cool show where people eat each other. And that's Eternals. <laughs> Ooh.
0: <laughs> I, it's I watched, kind of. A I
1: a little bit. I watched Marvel's Eternals. Um, I didn't love it. No, I didn't <laughs> I, either. Unfortunately, uh, I uh, want to be a Chloe Zhao fan. I think um, I love Nomadland, but you know, I, I you know, I, I'm rooting for directors of all stripes, and you know, good for her. Um, again, we have this issue where we get a really great indie director or really great accomplish would be all tour in any other day and they get a marvel movie hey fucking make a marvel movie kid hey you want to make a fucking eternals movie kid (laughs) like you fucking what's the pig guy pig guy is doing uh quiet place right
0: uh correct
1: well you want to make a movie you want to make a fucking movie about a fucking quiet place kid like you want (laughs) to like these Um... monsters
0: can't fucking talk kid
1: I'm I'm looking at Eternals very much the same way I look at Matrix Resurrections which we've already talked about which is I've read really I've read really interesting takes of both movies and I'm not there yet I'm not I'm not there yet with Resurrections I've watched Resurrections again since we talked about it on our reserve seating video Um, there's things I there's a ton of stuff I like in it I think Mm -hmm. it's an incredibly creative interesting movie with a lot to say I'm still not really quite there you know in terms of being a fan um eternal's obviously uh, you know unfortunately yes, <laughs> resurrections is interesting this is very boring um <laughs> but i i i look at i'm looking at them both I'm trying to look at them both very similarly like because all movies are miracles, all movies are hard to make and and you look at something that clearly took a lot of work this this movie looks to me like maybe there were some editing choices made that may have muddled the narrative a little bit i, I I'm really trying even marvel I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt so I did not like eternals. I know there's a lot of folks out there maybe listening that did um I, i'm I'm certainly not going to say it's a it's a disaster um or that it 's incompetently made but i I could not connect with it
0: some of the stuff I read you know from the people who liked it, it seemed to be that they liked it for the ways in which it departs from the very sort of stringent formula that Marvel has created for itself, and I can appreciate that. I recognize that there are ways in which. It deviates, but uh, I'm with you. I, I found it tedious, and I thought the the villains were uninteresting. I thought it was it had that dogma problem where it's just characters explaining stuff to each other for two and a half hours. I thought the action yep. was kind of dull. Uh, I didn't really connect with any of the characters. The one I liked the best. Just decides to sit out the last quarter of the
1: movie. <laughs> yeah, not to spoil anything,
0: but there is one character. <laughs> Literally, just, I'm out of an here. Actor,
1: yeah, an actor of whom we're both a fan, I think. Uh, and yeah, just kind of just like, yeah, guys, I'm out for this. Um, and that's <laughs> a lot of what, and I, and we're joking about it right now, and somebody's really angry because they're like, "No, you don't get it. That's part of the point. And this movie is a philosophical discussion about humanity and if it's worth saving. And and I I, I want to be I, I understand that. I definitely understand that this movie has a lot on its mind. Um, but you brought up dogma a minute ago, and it is very similar to that, where it's like, "Right, there's a difference between executing a narrative and having something that's on your mind." Right. Um, so I I. I can't say I'll I'm going to be rushing to rewatch Eternals, um, but uh, again, very much like the Matrix or Resurrections, I I am open to uh, I'm open to ideas that people have about it, and I'm interested in examining it as a text and being like, you know what, I can see this or I can see that, and um, but I I just I, I'm not there right quite right now.
0: No, I'm not, I'm not either, and I I can't say that I'm really excited about their participation in the marvel cinematic universe if this is something that they're going to keep bringing back i'm just like whatever uh i do have a question oh yeah go ahead
1: question time uh so the movie goes out of its way i think even in the trailer to talk about Thanos and how come the eternals (laughs) did not help (laughs) right um which is very much like <laughs> that's the, oh right yeah. <laughs>
0: guess we better address um, that
1: did did half the eternals get wiped out is that does that apply to to oh, is that a question, question. can any nerds out and and i and i say nerds lovingly um can any nerds out there help me out with that is that is that cuz i never i never really read any eternals books i don't really i'm not i'm not up on the comic lore i and i understand obviously that the continuity of the books is different than the continuity of the movies i know that right the, you know that infinity war is different in the books and all that i understand um but yeah i don't not, i was curious about that too i thought maybe that would come up but again this is one of those little questions that the movie invites me to think about by bringing it up but isn't really interested in dealing with it, Right. but they br- they bring it up in the trailer because they know people will ask. You know, it's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those things like he- it's like hedging their bets where it's like, look, we're not really interested in talking about this, um, but uh, we have to put it in here. It's most of No Way Home, right? Where it's like, we yeah, have have like right. 15, we have to have like fifteen side conversations to explain a lot of stuff, but we're not really going to deal with that narratively. Um,
0: but anyway, no, it's like, It's like not quite it's, for me. It's patching over a plot hole, basically.
1: Hmm filling it in filling it in um i also uh not the uh, this this isn't this isn't quite a this isn't quite a fucking baston movie but i did watch the fucking tent i watched the tendaba patrick I oh the, the tendaba fucking the tendaba um <laughs> Clooney weird filmography that clooney has got super
0: weird <laughs>
1: Um, I I, was looking through his IMDb and going, oh, you know, I love, I love Good Night and Good Luck. I mean, that's that's great, and you know, and uh, right, he did that tomorrow. He did this, he did that, or did uh, what was it, The Midnight Sky? I'm like, I'm like, I was like, wow, what a weird. I
0: didn't see The Midnight Sky. I liked Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yes, I didn't see The Monuments Men. I saw Leatherheads. I was indifferent towards it. Yeah, I I cannot figure out who he is as a filmmaker.
1: It's just like, oh, that was kind of a good time. And The Tender Bar is very similar, which is just like, I mean, I'm in it for Affleck, obviously, but yeah. like I'm going to myself like, oh, it's cute. You know, like it's not really it's not really a movie, but it's it's good <laughs> enough. It's got it's kind of like a, you know, I was thinking like Bronx Tale or, you know, it's kind of it's a saccharine kind of, you know, memoir kind of thing. um, You know, not a great movie, obviously, but but but, I you know, again, I I. I, I went in for Affleck, and I think I, don't, I guess at this well, at this point will my Affleck column have run? I think at this point my Affleck column will have run. It should Probably. run today.
0: Okay, the day that this podcast comes out, it'll run.
1: Um, I wrote after watching the Ten to the
0: which I don't know <laughs>
1: why I'm using a Boston accent because it takes place on Long Island, but still, um, I really I went in and I said I said this is, and I'm not going to talk about this too much because I wrote about this, but I'm like I'm like ooh, this is like this is Affleck Renaissance, this is the Renaissance. Though I think we're getting. Good, relaxed fuck phase Affleck. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get between this and last duel. I think we're going to get some good. I think the next like five to 10 years is going to be some good Affleck. I think I'm just going to put that out there. Cause I mean, he's playing a very afflecky role in this. He's playing uncle Charlie. He's like, a, you know, he's the, he's a barfly. fly. He's a, he's a kind of a, you know, wise uncle. You know, he gives the kid advice about, hey, you know, take care of your girl and here's $10 and, you know, Oof. never, never drink your, your, your savings and stuff like that. It's not a whole lot, but he's kind of the moral center of the movie, um, and uh, I enjoyed him a ton in it. So I'm always rooting for Ben, and this gave me more reason to.
0: How much Affleck is in it? Because that's my it's that not, would be my whole reason for watching.
1: It, it's not enough. It's like because okay. the the back half is mostly what's this fuck? Ty Sheridan. uh, But you get like I'd say you get you're you're like you're between like twenty five and thirty percent Affleck. No, that's not enough of an Affleck percentage. It's not quite enough. But I'll tell you this: you can probably watch the first twenty minutes and then turn it off because you're going to get most of the Affleck.
0: No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding? The shit I've seen through to the end. Do you think I'm going to turn off the Tender Bar? That's a good point. Yeah, I'm not.
1: I'm not going to quite say the the Tender Bar is worth watching unless you're an Affleck completist like me. but uh i i enjoyed him in it. Uh the rest of the movie is is whatever. It's fine. It's a it's a sweet little memoir, you know. It's a Brighton Beach memoirs or something like that. That kind of thing.
0: Is he going to get back to directing or did that I... fucking movie where he's in the ill-fitting suit ruin it for him? Live
1: well, live by night. Live by night. Yeah. I think I, I knew
0: Night was in the title. I was like, "Run all think... night. We own the night." <laughs> something something night. The dark night. <laughs> I believe it's the dark night.
1: It's the dark night, right? Affleck is dark. Knight. I think one of maybe one of our first reserve seatings. I think live by night. That Hold sounds on. right.
0: Um, I, you guys were like weirdly positive on it. We
1: were weirdly positive on it because, yeah, 2017. So that was an early reserve seating Well, um, because we were we were we were our running joke was CrossFit Affleck because Affleck was still in Batman shape at that right, point. But right. he was clearly not supposed to be for that movie. <laughs> um, no, that one's not great. I think he'll get back to it. I do. I think he's I th- he's, you know. I, I, I watched, uh, I was texting Adam, I I, I watched his interview um, for Entertainment Weekly, he did a whole spread of Entertainment Weekly recently, I guess promoting the Tender Bar, and uh, there was like a 45 minute interview that Damon conducted with him. And I was like a pig in shit watching that. I was like, this is like, this is great. Like uh, Damon's interviewing Affleck and they're just talking about, you know, they're just bullshitting and all that. And I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And I was like, you can just you can just tell like you can just tell like he's he's been through it. He, he's he's he went for his his leading man phase he went through his like kind of prestige phase i'm sure winning the best picture messed him up which is probably why he made you know live by night and all that and then he went through he goes through the batman debacle and obviously a lot of stuff in his personal life you know goes upside down and i just i love like relaxed mid-40s fuck it phase affleck and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really into that so I, I wish him good luck and i hope he makes interesting stuff
0: do i need to see the accountant
1: i i you're asking the wrong guy it's, Af, <laughs> it's affleck and anna kendrick of oh yeah course, right of course you need to see the accountant. <laughs>
0: That's that movie was made for you
1: <laughs> the movie was made just for me and i think it's kind of underrated but i but i also recognize that no of course not it's probably plotting and obnoxious and you know not i don't like affleck when he's clenching and trying too hard i don't like i don't like i, I think like he i think sometimes I feel like he learned the long, the wrong lessons from like gone girl. And like, I, you know, some, sometimes like you, you have to use Affleck very carefully, you know, like you can't like, he is a leading man. He's got leading man looks, but I also feel like he's, he's, he's got a particular sarcasm or, or, or a particular kind of aloofness to him that you need to use very carefully. And, um, I I wouldn't say the, I, I mean, I certainly would not say that no one else could play the lead role of, uh, Joe accountant in the accountant, um, I do not think the movie is worse for Affleck being in it. I'll put it that way. All
0: right. All right. I'll check not, it out. I need to really,
1: see it. Not really a recommendation. Not a not <laughs> recommend But again, you're speaking to the firm of Affleck and Kendrick here. So, of course, you know.
0: How are you handling the news that she's dating Bill Hader?
1: Look, I'm just happy she's happy. Okay? <laughs> happy that she's happy. That's what matters. Uh, Bill, I swear to God, if you break her heart
0: i'm coming for her. you kid
1: you know what you know barry's funny and all that shit but yeah. like you break her fucking heart i swear to god
0: is barry ever coming back what the hell
1: yeah i don't know i think that uh, rules.
0: yeah that show is is great
1: um i don't know i'd have to look it up okay all right. and i've got i've got too many
0: departed tabs open right now so i'm not, <laughs> going, I'm not going to uh anything besides eternals and the tender mm, bar
1: no that's all i got also watch hannibal because it rules
0: Hannibal's good, and you can listen to our uh, podcast on Hannibal from like a year or two ago on the yeah. movie Hannibal, the movie Hannibal, oh, which is also good. That movie is awesome too. You know who rules? Ridley Scott.
1: Ridley fucking Scott, kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have too many things that I've watched because I've been rewatching so much stuff. I've been like rewatching a bunch of Umberto Lenzi movies for fun because I saw on Twitter one night Anthony King was watching. Something and I was like, Oh, yeah, fucking Lindsay. And then I went down this rabbit hole of watching a bunch of Lindsay movies. I've been re watching, we were just talking before we started recording, a bunch of like mid 2000s comedies like mm. Waiting and Sex Drive and My Best Friend's Girl. I don't know why. I need something on when I'm writing. And I, I found that those are easy to have on in the background. And they're all, um, Horribly dated, (laughs) because all of the jokes are gay panic jokes, and uh, you can't do the things that those movies did. Even uh, I rewatched Talladega Nights, because I I, I don't even particularly love that movie, but rewatching, or not rewatching, but watching um, whatever it is, Adam McKay's End of the World movie. uh,
1: The, uh, The Dark Knight.
0: (laughs) <laughs> what the hell is that movie called? Don't look, don't look up. Don't look up, thank you, man. Don't watch this. I'm having a rough time tonight. Uh I was like, "Boy, I would rather be watching Talladega Nights. I miss when Adam <laughs> McKay was silly." And so I rewatched Talladega Nights and I'm like, "You know what? He's he's not a bad director. Like I appreciate that this is a comedy that isn't just about pointing and shooting, and even though it's heavy on improv and overly long, like mm-hmm he shoots the racing stuff at the end pretty well. And you have an idea of who's in first and who's in second. And like all it's put together pretty well as a movie, which a lot of comedies aren't particularly that sort of post Apatow improv heavy kind of right. comedy where where it's just about running as much film as we can and letting the cast improvise and ad lib and do hilarious, uh, whatever that knocked up right is the running like you know how I know you're gay like another yeah. movie <laughs> that just doesn't exist anymore uh, um so i've been watching a lot of those but i did watch oh i did see scream i don't know if that's worth oh. talking about uh
1: yeah, i go ahead sorry
0: heather and i did a podcast on it if you're a listener of corpse club uh, we did a whole episode on Scream that came out last week, so you could certainly hear my thoughts more in depth there. Leading up to Scream, I rewatched the other four movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, my feelings about them are pretty much the same. I think one is a masterpiece. I think two's pretty good. I think three sucks, uh, and I think four is interesting and deeply, deeply flawed. Um, it has some really good ideas, but it's also probably the worst directed of the series. And I don't necessarily think that's Wes Craven's fault. I know there was a ton of studio interference. I don't know how much his heart was in it by the time it came to actually put that movie out. Um... And five lands somewhere in the middle for me. I like one and two better. I think it's probably a better movie than three and four. So that's, that's my scream ranking.
1: I'm kind of in the same. I don't know. I've kept quiet about it because I, I don't, I don't like the scream sequels. I just don't. And I, I I get it. And I know I'm not as much of a horror, uh, uh, devotee. I I love horror movies, especially since I've been writing for the site, I've learned a lot. And I, and I, I, I love scream. I need, I, I wrote a whole column once about just like scream was so important to my adolescence. It was so important in growing up. And I love that movie is that movie. Just, I just have never cared for any of the sequels. I, and I can recognize like, oh yeah, two's pretty good. And four's got ideas. Like it's totally fine, but you can keep all of them. And I'm, I'm with this one. I was the same. I was like, yeah, I I don't, I don't have any, I just, that's just not for me. I don't, I don't, I don't think about those characters this way. I don't think about, I just, I've never been able to pin down what it is. I'm not shitting on, you know, the other movies. I'm I'm really not. I just, I, I just, I think the things I like about Scream are like different than the things I, I think a lot of people put their love of the horror franchises um, on to scream because it's one of the more prominent late 90s, you know, modern horror franchises. You know, for a lot of people, it's like, oh, this is my Freddy or this right, is right, my right. Sure. Friday the 13th. And I totally understand that. I have I have respect for that and I get it. I don't have that perspective. I look at scream the way I look at like like. Like the last Jedi where I'm just like this movie is doing something so incredibly interesting. Yeah. And and I don't look at it as like, oh, this is a horror franchise and Ghostface is an iconic killer. I just don't. I just it's and that's just me. That's just me. I don't look at it that way. I love the first scream. I watch it all the time. I will love that movie till the day I die. You can make as many sequels as you want. I don't care. I just I have no interest in them.
0: Yeah, I can't say that anything about Scream 5 has me jonesing for a Scream 6, particularly if it doesn't include any of the legacy characters, which, which yeah. is kind of the impression <laughs> that I get in terms that's... of where they're heading. Like, Yeah, me too. I think they're trying to sunset some of these legacy characters <laughs> and just continue on with these new characters, and that's like watching saved by the bell the new class i'm like no no no. i'm only watching this for screech i'm i'm not in this (laughs) for these new fucking people um yeah i mean in in a lot of ways scream is kind of a one and done and none of the sequels can live up to it because the mystery is never as interesting the
1: nobody has the like the like billions to spoilers (laughs) sorry um their motivation is interesting and it is connected to the whole metatextual like sort of new nightmare like
0: horror movie thing right. like that
1: it's it's then and every, everything after that is just like well I'm just the fact dealt- that
0: there were two killers was a revelation in 1996
1: exactly exactly
0: and now it's kind of become like part of the scream DNA and it's like well no yeah. I don't always need two that's, killers like right it's that learning the wrong lesson thing where you're like no no, yeah. no that's
1: not the part you replicate <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs>
0: Oh, well. Um, uh, but
1: I know there are lots of people out there like it, and that's totally so Yeah, that's sure. Great. Sure. Do like like what you like. That's awesome.
0: Um, the last movie I'll talk about is a recommendation I have from Vinegar Syndrome. Ooh. And that is a 1991 movie called All-American Murder, which I remember playing on HBO a lot in the early 90s, and I had seen pieces of it, and I remember being kind of surprised that Vinegar Syndrome was putting it out, because it's not exactly the kind of movie they traditionally put out. It's a little bit more mainstream than their usual stuff. Um, But it stars Charlie Schlatter, who some of you may know from 18 again, or Hmm. more importantly, the Ferris Bueller TV series, co-starring Jennifer Aniston. That's right. Uh, He was Ferris on TV. Um, And he is a college student who gets kind of framed for a murder. And the cop who's investigating the murder is played by Christopher Walken in a fantastically weird and loose Christopher Walken performance. I'm recommending wait, wait wait, the...
1: wait, 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 wait. Christopher
0: Walken is weird? <laughs> the dialogue is very strange in the movie. Like, I wish I had written some of it down because it's very quotable. I just remember Christopher Walken talking about the whole salami more than once. <laughs> and... Uh, yes it's great it's just it's directed by anson williams who played potsy on happy days like there's all these things to recommend about it um and this I, is
1: out i'm sorry to interrupt you this is out on vinegar syndrome right now yes like this, is, this has been released correct okay. yeah because this is going to be my i think this may be my scary movie month uh
0: purchase oh i'm excited for that then um yeah there's some good kills in it uh Josie Bissett, co-stars, who some of you may know from, like, Melrose Place, or speaking of Umberto Lenzi, she's in Hitcher in the Dark, which is a fantastically sleazy movie that Vinegar Syndrome also put out that I highly recommend. Uh, Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. The dialogue is very rapid fire and just weird. Like, there's weird turns of phrase in the dialogue. I wish I had written down some more examples, but uh, I had fun with the movie, so I recommend it
1: awesome 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 it was uh i'm looking here yeah direct video there's something
0: else i wanted to say about it but i can't oh richard kind richard kind. richard kind How plays another com- cop not a ton of kind not a ton of kind I no know. but he really wants to pin the murders on charlie schlatter he's really convinced he's really schlatter did it
1: it's cruel to be kind <laughs> um
0: he's like george you- clooney's best friend by the
1: way speaking of george clooney <laughs> i i did i did learn that yeah. yes 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 um uh, before before we, I want to backtrack like three steps. Um, I want to talk about 2000s comedies for a second. I want to talk about uh, Amy Heckerling's Loser. Uh, uh, Patrick,
0: boy. You,
1: Patrick, what are your thoughts on Amy Heckerling's
0: Loser? I love Amy Heckerling, but Loser broke my heart. Because uh, okay. coming off of Clueless, I was like, Heckerling's got another masterpiece in her, and Loser is not it. Uh, I could totally watch it. I find it very watchable, but I just, I don't, Nothing against Jason Biggs, sure, I, I don't know that he's a movie star um i i don't I don't exactly know what movie she was trying to make. I don't exactly know what she was trying to say with Loser, so, so I don't I love think- it.
1: I'm sorry. I bring it up because when you said 2000s comedies, I immediately went to what 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 were my first couple DVDs that I bought? What were the first, you know, like, you know, and and, and uh, Loser was one of my one of my early favorites. Um, I've seen that movie, maybe two hundred and ten thousand. Holy times. shit. <laughs> yeah, I love Loser um, and and not and I have not watched it in years. This is purely nostalgia. This is just I it could I could put it on today. It could very well be a disaster. Um. I'm also I was also very much you know, in the, you know the year 2000 when it came out I was a I was a strapping young lad I was 14 or so. Sure. Um so I was watching The Loser and I was in the first phase of the high fidelity problem which is like ooh you know what yeah it's girls are complicated this is a, this is messed up and boy they boy they really need to go for those nice guys more often don't they? I was I was exactly the toxic uh teenage right, boy right, right. that, that um, but Mina Savari wears fishnets in that movie, um
0: <laughs> which broke me. So uh I, need, it's also, I haven't seen Loser in years, I need to revisit it's it. It's
1: also well I don't know that you do, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. It's also like a weird apartment remake. Like it's it's sort of yeah, a remake yeah, yeah, of yeah, the apartment, it you know what is, I mean? Yeah. Like, With so a worse haircut. Exactly. So I kind of When I saw The Apartment for the first time, I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) Like, what's going on here? It's kind of the same movie. Um, But uh, yeah, that was that was I. So anyway, I just I wanted to bring it up because I was trying I was trying to think of 2000s comedies that weren't super toxic. And I'm sure there's a ton of shit in that movie that does not hold up today. But um, that was I bring it up because that was one of my one of my sort of early favorites.
0: If only I had stars, I could uh, watch it for free right now.
1: I will send you the DVD cuz I <laughs> I will mail it to you cuz I still I still own Loser on DVD.
0: I I would still own it if I owned it at yeah. any point. Yeah. Um hold on, I'm looking up the DVD. 18.50 for a DVD of Loser. All right,
1: look, Patrick, I'll make you a deal. I will send you $10 <laughs>
0: <laughs> provided that you spend it on a Loser DVD. The VHS tape is only 9.77. <laughs>
1: Maybe I might still, that's the way to go. I honestly might still have it on VHS too
0: Holy cow, you owned it on
1: multiple formats? I was a big fan of I and I was not an American pie guy like I was I was a little I think I was a little young. Um although I guess that movie is kind of made for 14-year-old boys, but I uh, I, yeah. I considered myself a little bit more classy than that, you know. <laughs> I was a I was a sensey boy. I was an emo kid. Um so I uh yeah, I think I, I, probably, I, yeah, I was not an American Pie. I was not a particularly big Jason Biggs fan, but I just, I liked his. He kind of had that hangdog quality that I thought was sure. I could appreciate it in that movie. I was young, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Any, any loser fans out there, you know, let us know.
0: <laughs> I think you know a lot of the cast of American Pie worked very well in the context. Of the American Pie franchise, or at least the first two movies, which are the only ones I have any use for. I think when we decided to turn them all into movie stars, that was a problem. Like, Chris Klein wasn't really able to carry a movie on his own, but as one piece of the puzzle, he worked.
1: But isn't Tara Reid in American Pie? She sure is. And she's in Josie and the Pussycats. She absolutely is. So it's all worth it. <laughs> but no, I agree with you overall. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Jason Biggs is, is I mean, no no offense, Jason Biggs. Jason, if you're listening, like, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, it's, you had your moment and that's great.
0: And I, I, I will never have mine. So I'm jealous. He's in uh, My Best Friend's Girl, which I just watched today.
1: He's in Saving Silverman, which is another movie that I watched on Comedy Central every day after school. I saw that
0: school. in the theater. I saw Loser in the theater, too, but I definitely saw Saving Silverman theatrically.
1: Steve Zahn? Yeah. Oh, God.
0: I might still own the DVD of Saving Silverman. I 100% still <laughs> own the DVD of Saving Silverman. <laughs>
1: never throw anything away kids no. never throw anything away
0: because no, then one day you well you want to watch saving silverman and you're like ah, oh, shit i sold it now i have to shit. rebuy it on amazon no, for 1850
1: <laughs> no that's gonna be my amazon cart
0: <laughs> it's gonna alter my suggestions from oh, now on for sure it's just gonna be to... neil diamond We're have to albums are gonna rebuy and... neil dung neil diamond albums. amanda dude. pete movies which yep.
1: you know it could be worse See, Amanda Peet had that mean thing that Adam Risky talks about all the time that I can appreciate. You know how Adam always says he likes girls that seem like they're mad at him? Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: Amanda (laughs) Peet. In Saving Silverman, specifically. Well, in
1: Saving Silverman, but also, you know, I carried that vibe with me when I saw other performances of her. (laughs) Let's talk
0: about The Departed. Good. You know why, Patrick? Why is that?
1: Because I'm a sailor peg, and I lost my leg. (laughs) Climbing up those top sails, and I
0: lost my leg. From 2006, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by William Monahan. This is a remake of Infernal Affairs, which I have not seen. Have you, Rob?
1: I have indeed. I have that DVD as well. Oh, I went show. through a big, big, big Hong Kong cinema phase around the actually around the time that Infernal Affairs was made, because that would have been like high school slash college for me. So uh, I had a friend, and I were super into Hong Kong cinema at the time. So yeah, I've seen all three Infernal Affairs. There's also a remake, I think, but I have not seen that.
0: Okay. Is it called The Departed? Because you uh, should it... <laughs> have seen that movie. We sorry, need to I mean, talk they're... about it now. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I just
1: watched Loser over and over again. <laughs> That's fine. I let's we let's shift gears. No, I believe – I I could be wrong about this. I believe there is an Inferno, like an actual Infernal Affairs remake Okay. Uh, in yeah. Hong Kong. I, I could be totally wrong about that. I don't think I am. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, no. I'm sorry. It was a TV series. Oh. They, did it as, they did it as a TV series in, in uh, 2018.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, So I feel bad that I haven't seen it. Uh, I won't be able to speak to it, but I'm glad that you have so that you can talk about it if need be.
1: I'll say this. You're mostly fine not having seen it because it is – The Departed is one of the kinds of remakes that I love, which is it takes the spine of the original, but it does come something completely different. Like there are – it, it kind of the Departed. Believe it. It kind of actually. It it, it sort of combines plot elements from all three uh, Infernal Affairs movies. Okay. Um, the Vera Farmiga character is actually like a, a composite character of a couple different others. It Doesn't really matter for the purposes of the movie, uh, The Departed. It 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 you get you get the spine of it, but so much of the sensibilities of the movies are are completely different.
0: Okay. Uh, this movie of course is famous for winning Martin Scorsese his only best director Oscar his only best picture win um, which is crazy which is crazy but again at the time that I saw this in 2006 and this was my favorite movie of 2006 when we get around to Erica and I still are working through our 2005 list so we can redo our top 10 of 2005 and then the following show will be our 2006 show it's taken longer than we expected but uh, we'll see if this remains my favorite movie of 2006 when we get to that show. I suspect it will. I think it probably will. I Patrick. think it probably will. But um, I remember at the time that I saw it, this was coming off of The Aviator, which I was mixed on when I saw it. Now I've come to appreciate it way more, and I think it's mm-hmm. really, really great. But at the time, I was super mixed on it. Uh, And Gangs of New York, which I also was mixed on, even though I find that movie hypnotically watchable. I think it's so flawed, but like I always am in the mood to watch Gangs of New York.
1: That is like a Sunday afternoon, like put it on, tune it in and out kind of movie. Like it's just, you could just watch any bit of it and be completely transfixed by it.
0: Yeah. I can't figure out why. I mean, I have to just, again, come to terms with the fact that I like it. Yeah. Uh, But I find it deeply flawed. But so both of those movies were like Scorsese taking big swings. And not totally connecting for me at the time in 2006, and then he finally makes The Departed, and I'm like, oh, here it is. Here's his newest masterpiece. But let me ask you this question, and I want to start the conversation with this, because you and I have both said up front that we both love this movie. It won Best Picture, wins Martin Scorsese, his only Best Director, Oscar. Why has it left, to quote the Slash Film cast, almost no cultural footprint?
1: See, I I have to I have to admit I, I for me it has a massive cultural footprint. <laughs> like for for me, just from my perspective, I are people still talking about this movie? I maybe I should maybe I should be careful. Maybe film Twitter isn't talking about this movie. Um my friends
0: and I are still talking about this movie <laughs> all the time because this is my problem. I need friends. I,
1: I think well, oh, we're, friends. we're gonna watch Loser Together. Oh it's that's going right. it's right. gonna be great. No, um, I, I think, Scorsese, in interviews, has talked a little bit about his surprise that this was his Oscar movie. It, I, I mean, I, what, what, come on! It's a, it's this is the apology Oscar movie. Absolutely, right? this is the apology Oscar movie. Um, any movie that Martin Scorsese made this year, it was his turn. Yeah, and any, and you know Scorsese has said in interviews like, look, it's not my favorite movie that I've ever made um he says he had not a great time making it um that it was a little bit frustrating for him because he wanted to make silence um and he felt like maybe he was being pushed back into the gangster again this could be apocryphal this is all from interviews and uh uh, tv tropes.com trivia and stuff (laughs) like that you know i don't know if it's true but i just i'm just what i've heard right um I, I do think I do think this movie has less cultural footprint than a lot of his movies. Right. Because maybe some folks found it kind of regressive, like, oh, he's making he's just doing a gangster movie again. And he's kind of outgrown that at this point. He's doing the Aviator, He's doing he's doing prestige. kind. Of, I mean, Gangs in New York is kind of the same, but like maybe we don't look at it at with as much respect as maybe we should, even though one best picture, um, which maybe immediately disqualified it for cool uh, uh, ranking. Um <laughs> I think this movie is fucking brilliant. I, I really, I, I, I quote it all the time. I talk about it all the time. Like I love my, my, I, I love The Departed. I, I, I it, it is very much. So I can, I can't speak to you know maybe what you're talking about, but I, I, I it has an incredible cultural footprint with me. I think it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's top, certainly top. It might be top three Scorsese for me, honestly.
0: I love it too, and I, I didn't mean to denigrate it by suggesting no, no, no. it doesn't get, have a cultural footprint. I just feel like. No. If this movie exists in our larger pop cultural consciousness at this point, it's like as a dad movie on TNT.
1: And it is certainly not among the cooler score. Like when we talk about cool Scorsese movies, like when people wax rhapsodic about Scorsese, we don't necessarily talk about The Departed because I think a lot of people maybe thought this was easy for him. I thought maybe maybe people thought this was a little bit like, you know,
0: this is Kevin Smith making clerks, too.
1: I, 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 yeah. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I just.
0: I love that he, you know, and maybe it does have to do with the reception to both the Aviator and Gangs of New York. But I mean, he really, and he does this with almost every movie. But I, I feel it, even in the Departed, rewatching it today, like he directs it, like he has something to prove. Like this is a movie that just oh leaves everything on the table.
1: And 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 we're gonna talk about it. I'm sure the MVP of this movie, of course, is editor Thelma Fucking Shoemaker. This yeah. movie is in the edit and and by all accounts things i've heard you know things i've heard on podcasts or whatever or things i've read it was like look when they were making this movie they weren't sure it was going to work they really you know nicholson was a little bit out of you know out of it uh uh dicaprio was a little insecure you know blah 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 but this movie to me i was watching it the other night and i'm looking i'm i'm i mean i, I patrick i i know i I, I've never done cocaine. Um, no disrespect to anybody who has. You, you know, live your life. Um, but I I within three minutes of this movie, I'm like, oh my god, this movie is a dopamine high. This movie is yeah. just like dry it's just this movie is a it's is a is a an exposed nerve. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it is just like everybody in this movie is within seconds of losing their goddamn mind and <laughs> rules. <laughs>
0: Uh, who is uh, among the cast? Who would you say is the MVP?
1: Among the cast?
0: Because I remember at the time thinking it was Matt Damon.
1: It's fucking Wahlberg, kid.
0: <laughs> Mark Wahlberg didn't know that they were making a movie. This is just Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. Mark, War- Mark Wahlberg had no idea he just the camera walked was walked around wrong. insulting everyone, calling My them
1: names. My favorite part of this rewatch was watching Alec Baldwin react to Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Watching Alec and the, because Alec can throw down, like you know what I mean. Yeah, like he right. can, he can totally and and oh my god, I I was so I, we're gonna this is gonna be one of the this is a Chris Farley show, like because this is just <laughs> like oh this is so great. But I was I made some notes and I'm watching the movie and, I, and I've seen this movie two or three thousand times, right? But I'm watching it and I'm writing, I'm making my notes and I'm going, oh my god, I'm like wait, Nicholson's in this? Wait, Damon? Yeah. DiCaprio? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg? We got Sheen. We got fucking Mark, Mark Wahlberg. We got fucking Alec Baldwin in this movie. This is good. And Alec Baldwin just casually shows up. But I was watching him react to Wahlberg in the scene, you know, in this, you know, uh, uh, I treat, uh, treat feds like uh, feds like mushrooms, feed him shit and keep him in the dock and that whole thing.
0: Is that, and it's a, is that the one where after he leaves, Baldwin yeah. does the great like he's normally a very nice he's guy. He's normally
1: a very nice guy. Don't judge him. <laughs> Don't
0: judge him on this. Like but, on the verge of breaking.
1: But like every, he's just like yeah, he's on the verge of breaking, and he's watching. It's it's a single, like it's a, it's a, it's a single. The the camera is on Wahlberg, but but you've got you've got uh, Baldwin in the corner, and you're just watching him, and he is just about to lose it every single. Second of that take he is about To lose it I cannot believe that He hasn't he doesn't just break I'm sure there's Reams of film of Him just laughing hysterically (laughs) because Wahlberg is on fire in This movie Wahlberg is the MVP The fact that he lost the Oscar To Alan Arkin For Little Miss Sunshine yeah tells us How much that indie Bullshit (laughs) That Juno bullshit (laughs) And look, Juno is a movie I love and I defend it, but we learned the wrong lessons from that movie. Right? Mark Wahlberg should have
0: won the fucking Oscar. This, this is pre-Juno, movie. to be fair.
1: All right. Well, whatever. You know what
0: I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wahlberg, the only acting nomination for this movie.
1: Well, I read that, and again, this could be apocryphal, but DiCaprio didn't want a campaign because they couldn't. Well, the problem is this is an ensemble, and they right. couldn't figure out: right. Do we push Damon? Do we push DiCaprio? And then, but DiCaprio, I think, had. Uh, Blood Diamond, I think, as well uh, this okay. year or the year. I think he ends up. They end up pushing him for that instead. Um. So so nobody. Yeah, nobody else had an had a had a uh, acting campaign. I think, but everybody in this movie is like, I don't know. This movie, I just, I just like everybody is on fire in yeah. this literally literally <laughs> on fire in this movie like and that's and that's and that's okay like it's okay that people find this, I've, I've talked to people who find me like no oh, that movie's god it's so loud and it's so like i'm like yeah but it's scorsese and they go yeah but like good fellas and casino like they're cool you know they're like they got style and they got like moments of like quiet and they're romantic and like yeah the departed is somebody having a breakdown yeah <laughs> <is, like, laughs> The Departed is somebody is like uncut gems. Like it's like somebody having like a panic attack for two and a half hours. Like, and as you said, that's Scorsese flexing a muscle that maybe you know he hadn't before. And that's and and again, we talk about Thelma Shoemaker. Like the edit, like the, she is the MVP. Like the editing in this movie, and she won an Oscar for this movie, rightfully yeah, so. Yeah. Because this is one of those you know we talk about like you know Star Wars being found in the edit. This is a movie that is. In the edit, if you want to teach editing like it's it's this is one of the movies like because so much of the rhythms and the cadence of what makes this great is the non sequiturs and the weird just choices in where performances begin and end and and the, the mismatch of continuity. There's so many things like we talk about, you know, Scorsese famously doesn't really care about continuity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't care about whether or not the cigarette matches or whether or not the guy's got the fork in the left hand or the right hand or whatever, when the coverage goes back and forth and all that. Within like the first 10 minutes of the movie, there are so many shots that don't match. Like there are so many things that just like – I mean DiCaprio could be like wearing a hat in one shot, and then they <laughs> cut back and he's not wearing it. But it does not matter like because this movie is frenetic energy.
0: Well, um, it's it's the last 20 minutes of Goodfellas like, right, exactly. extended heli- to feature helicopter length. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. It's cocaine energy. cocaine energy. I couldn't believe I had forgotten this because I, I hadn't seen the movie in a couple of years. And I do take this out every few years and rewatch it because I love it. Um, I mean, it opens with a gangster doing voiceover. Followed by the Rolling Stones playing "Gimme Shelter," and you're like, "Is he fucking parodying himself?" If you didn't right. know better, you would think, "Who is this asshole ripping off Martin Scorsese?" Martin Scorsese.
1: <laughs> but then he gets—I mean, then he—God, oh the whole thing. I was watching it this time, and I'm going, um, "I loved the uh, that they keep they keep Costello." Nicholson's character in shadow for the whole first part, very specifically keeping him in shadow as he's doing his vignettes of like, you know, you could be cops or you could be criminals and blah, blah, blah. And then the end it's, you know, when you're facing a loaded gun, mm-hmm. what's the difference? And then it just comes on, and it just oh. And then the dropkick Murphy's like, I just like oh. <laughs> I am so I stood up. But I'm just like
0: yeah, like
1: <laughs> shipping up the fucking Boston kid. Like what are we gonna do? It's gonna be great. I'm gonna go become a fucking stadi kid. I have yeah, a fucking. Yeah, i got 1400 on my SATs, man. I'm a fucking astronaut, <laughs> not a fucking stadie.
0: I love Nicholson in this movie. Like I oh, think he's so great in this. Movie movie and again the the idea that he hadn't already worked with Scorsese was so insane when you realize like oh this is their actually their first collaboration. Yeah. I think he's so good. I mean, he definitely is like playing it over the top at times because he's Jack Nicholson, but then there's other times where he's so understated and so great. I mean, I, again, I love every performance in this movie. The reason I said I thought Matt Damon was the MVP at the time was because I knew DiCaprio was getting so many of the accolades and I was like, Oh, but what he's doing is real like shouty and sweaty and external and uh, having a freak out. Whereas Matt Damon has to just play it cool the whole time and keep it all under the surface. Now I watch it and I can appreciate what they're both doing. And I've, I've since become even more of a DiCaprio fan because he's gone on to give so many great performances, including Wolf of Wall Street or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or The Revenant. Um,
1: I've and I've eaten crow on DiCaprio because I've said I said for years like I like I don't get him man like I don't I don't get it I'm I was totally wrong like he is he is he understands as the kids say today he understood the assignment yeah. like he he gets it yeah and, da- and, and to be fair Damon is great in this movie too like and, and it is it is a harder Damon probably has the hardest performance. Um, but he's he's doing I think that's a, what
0: I was responding to.
1: He's got it. There's a talented Mr. Ripley thing here. You know right, what I mean? Right, where right. he's he's playing a sociopath. You know, he's playing somebody who's got a little. He's he's got the charming manipulation thing going. So so it's maybe maybe it's in his wheelhouse a little bit. But he's but he's. I mean, he's fantastic in this movie. And even even the moment at the end. You know, not to well, Yeah, spoilers, right? Obviously. Yeah, um, spoilers. <laughs> you know, the moment at the end where he's he just you know like okay. Wahlberg's like fucking you know yeah kill, just go ahead okay like you know all right like that is so great it's so, and he plays it so well which is just like fuck it. like whatever man. like <laughs> Jesus Christ like because he's so overwhelmed this dude has been running scams his entire life and he's yeah. just like all right you know what whatever
0: like right. and and, that, right. and that's
1: a great that's a great moment he's great in this movie no doubt about it
0: how did you respond well you had seen Infernal Affairs so you knew I hadn't seen Infernal Affairs. Well,
1: no. Yes, I had seen *Infernal Affairs* before *I Sailed and Departed*. Yes, that that is true. Yeah.
0: So you knew the fate of the DiCaprio character. Yes. Because I remember the first time I saw this movie, being like, "Wait, what? You can it is you can different. do that? What is it's, this? It's what been is this years to live and die in LA, shit."
1: Yeah, it's been years since I've seen Infernal Affairs. I'd have to look. I I believe it is different. Um, at least not not the fate in general, but I believe. And I, and somebody is like, "No, you idiot! Like you're totally wrong." And that's and that's fair because I have not <laughs> watched this movie in forever. I believe the execution of that is different. But no, that's one of the greatest. Like. And 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 I and I think I, I may have been in that interview I just watched with Damon and Affleck that I mentioned earlier, I think, or it could be another. You know, sometimes I sit and I just watch Matt Damon interviews. Um, <laughs> but um, he mentioned that he talked about how like he and Martin Scorsese are giggling behind the monitor as as DiCaprio was laying on the floor, you know, and the elevator doors are going back, you know, pushing his, yeah. his you know, like going back and forth, just going <laughs> like, are we? are we allowed to do this like are we allowed is this okay but i just remember like you know shouting you know like when you saw that like that is it is such a shock I, cuz i was cuz that movie preps you for it with the the martin sheen thing
0: where you're like right, i'm like right.
1: oh wow they just threw martin sheen off a building right. like that's crazy but then it doubles down <laughs> and then it just it just becomes it's like i think it's like you know, Anthony Anderson gets shot and then <laughs> and James Bechdale. It's like, then it's then he three right in he,
0: a row. Yeah. It's like in a row. You're just like, wow. It okay. It becomes this movie a comedy is... about people getting exactly. shot in the head.
1: It really is. It's just this static, like ground level shot of Matt Damon standing there with just bodies all around him. And you're just like, wow, this is like a farce. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Um, But there's just, I mean, I don't even, I I honestly, we've, I know we've begun, but I don't even really know where to begin
0: with this. I don't either. I was going to jump all the way to the very end because one of the complaints I always hear about the movie is that, that last shot, which I jokingly put on Twitter this week. Yeah. Um, The rat. How do you feel about the rat? I mean,
1: it's goofy as hell, but so was the rest of this movie. Um, Yeah, it's not subtle, obviously, but it's not, I know, like, scorsese has talked about this and i noticed that this the x's i noticed a lot this time um the x's being the references to the original scarface i think where where there's the sort of um there's always the anytime death it's like oranges in the godfather where like anytime death is being foreshadowed there's x's somewhere visible um it's really apparent in the um the shot of Damon shooting Nicholson at the end uh, yeah. it's it's a low angle shot that looks up and behind Nick behind Damon you see X's um there's a couple other ones too and there's a bunch that like Wikipedia saw that I didn't see it, it's in there though <laughs> but it's a lot of like Howard Hawks references and stuff like that um and to, so to me I look at that and I go like he's not being subtle. You know what I mean? Like right. he's not this movie is not subtle. Um so I know the joke, and I've probably made the joke too, about the the rat and the departed being stupid and obvious, but like rewatching it this time, I'm like, everything in this movie is obvious. Everything in this movie is but at the same time it's also incredibly eloquent. It's also incredibly nuanced, it's incredibly the the technique is just is just it, it's incredible. This is, ma- I mean, again to bring up like something like Uncut Gems, where it's like this is a movie having a panic attack. Yeah. Um, and it does it doesn't get any better than this. It's, it's, <laughs>
0: it, it, it rules. <laughs> it just rules. I like I like the areas in which he doesn't spell everything out. Um, sure. Sure. Whether it's Matt Damon's impotence. Yep. Or the fact that Nicholson appears to be married oh, to the girl from
1: the... To a sec To be fair for a second. The scene in which Matt Damon talks about his infinite, Vera Farmiga is peeling a banana.
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> She's peeling a banana and eating it.
0: Anyway, go ahead. I forgot about that.
1: No, I totally agree um, with you, though. The, is I, the a, idea it, that Nicholson has married... It's a subtle married,
0: undercurrent. Uh, the girl from the grocery store...
1: Yeah, right. That's the same. It's the they same
0: character. They never spell that out, but you're like, but that's the girl, right? I was looking that's at IMDb
1: going – because it's like car name is Carmen at one point, but then there was like other – I was like looking for her in IMDb because I didn't recognize the actress and I could be – that could make me a bad film fan. I, I apologize.
0: But um,
1: I'm pretty sure it's got to be the same. It's got to be the same girl, right? Just thematically that makes sense.
0: I That's how I've always read that's it. I'm, Maybe I'm wrong, I but yeah.
1: – No, I, I, I'm with you on that.
0: But I like that he doesn't spell certain things out and then he puts a fucking rat on the balcony and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay, this movie gets to have it both ways.
1: Because this is a... Well, exactly, that's how I put it too, which is, like, this movie gets to do whatever it wants. Like, this movie gets to do... This is, like, it spells from the beginning. Like, even the fact that, like, Like, I love the Dropkick Murphys song, um, Shipping Up to Boston. I've mentioned it already. I love the Dropkick Murphys. Huge fan of that band just in general. And when I heard them in The Departed, I was like, yes, (laughs) because this this was my, like, you know, like Vagrant Records, punk rock, you know, phase a lot. Um, But um, I don't know if the Dropkick Murphys were on Vagrant. I apologize. Uh, Somebody's going to correct me. And that's fine. Um, But the like even the way that like the song comes in and it's that great montage of uh, billy costigan go first of all billy costigan great movie name Mm -hmm, great mm -hmm. movie character good phonetics good good (laughs) consonant sounds billy fucking costigan like he's just it's a great you're 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 a lace curtain irish fuck you are you know (laughs) billy costigan um they uh that whole montage and then the montage abruptly stops in the middle of the song right. when he goes to see his aunt. You right. know what I mean? It's like right. kind of, it the song just stops. Yeah. And and I think that for me, like just from a formal perspective, like just from like you're looking at formal elements of film and you're going, OK, look at the editing, look at the music, look at the cinematography. Like that just cues you into the fact that all bets are off. All bets are off from the first like 20 minutes. This movie's going to do
0: whatever it wants. Well, he does an iris shot when he feels like it. He does yeah. those freeze frames during the shootout. The shootout. Yep. Uh there's another one that I took note of that I can't remember what it was now but just something else that he just throws in one time that you're like oh, yeah. oh all right uh yeah, sure. we're doing that now. Yeah. I have a question for you. What's up?
1: And this is a question that's been asked of uh uh, uh be- been asked by uh screen legend and departed producer uh <gasps> one Bradley Brad Pitt. Pitt. Uh Plan B production this.
0: Yeah. Morning. Was this being developed as a as a movie for him?
1: I think so. And there's tons of stuff online about who was originally considered. Knows what's true. Uh, Patrick, what's in the box? What's the box box? that Nick, the box that Nicholson gives Damon at the beginning of the movie. What's in the box? Oh, I don't know. Remember he says, he says school, he says school's out. Right. He opens the box. Right. This is the, this is the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. What's in the box? I was watching it this time and going, maybe it's the cell phone. Maybe it's, he's graduated to officially you're on the, on the take or whatever. I, I, I don't want to, spe- speculation is boring. Yeah. Obviously it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter
0: what's in the box. I, just, I just assumed it I was a it gift up. of some kind. I don't know. I w- it
1: was just, it was the dildo that he uses
0: in the, the, <laughs> the, porno, the porno theater. theater. Later. <laughs> um, yeah, I assumed it was some sort of upscale gift because so much of Matt Damon's life is about procuring material things. And Amen. giving off appearances to to be a certain kind of guy, you know. Which not brings from us Boston.
1: Which brings us to one Vera Fermega. Ah, yes, who is unreal in this movie. <laughs> she's always great, and I'm not talking just about the obvious, <laughs> right? No, she's always terrific. <laughs> she is terrific in this movie. This is the first movie I really noticed her in. I know I'm sure she's done stuff before that, but again, running I'm, scared, you know, baby. Running, running Scared was two years – well, that's right. Running Scared was like two years. So she must have been – yeah, because I was an early – I was a Running Scared early adopter. Yeah. So she must – I must have recognized her. Yeah, that's true. OK, maybe I'm rewriting my own history. Here. I still remember
0: it, her from 15 Minutes with Eddie that, Burns I, and Robert De Niro. Oh,
1: look at you. See, that I, That one I don't know, but I did, but, but I But like I, def, I definitely knew her from Running Scared. OK, so that makes sense. So – but she is – Fantastic in this movie she might Have maybe maybe even a harder Role than Damon um, yeah probably Um, She is excellent In this movie Um, and she is so So like you know We talked sort of about moral centers in movies before and like she is so Like it so much of it Is understated too, you know but she also Can you can tell she can kind of go toe to toe With them and all that which I know is like a reductive thing to say About a female actress I apologize but like It's just the character the character is Put upon but, you know, but in that Scorsese way, you know what I mean? Like sure. it's, it's not it's not, you know, uh, Karen and Goodfellas quite, you know, but it's but it's in a similar vein. Um, well,
0: I love that dinner scene that she has with Matt Damon, because yeah, in that yeah, moment, yeah. you're just like, well, I like these two together. They're charming yeah. and they have a good rapport. And there's a there's a looseness to it that feels almost improvised. Um to some of their is so scenes good. together he is i mean it reminds me of some of his stuff in goodwill hunting with mini driver where it's like he just he feels like he's so in the moment when it comes to being like this just kind of funny charming guy um and it makes you kind of it's it's the only stuff in the movie where i don't fucking hate him yeah
1: he's got that great like uh you know i'll i'll shoot somebody <laughs> i'll stab right. somebody in the <laughs> right. throat if it gets me dinner with you like <laughs> And you can, t- but but you can tell that's his that's his game. Like that he also has had because we've seen Damon play sincere, obviously. You know, I mean, Jesus, go back to you know like Saving Private Ryan, the Legend seen, of Bagger Vance. Yeah, well, obviously there was a great legend. Um, <laughs> you've seen him play sincere, and you said, and I'm a huge Damon guy. I know we've talked about Damon before, and maybe yeah, maybe not so much. But like, I think he's I think he's got I think he's got more range than we give him credit for, and I think he knows how to weaponize his boyishness a little bit more than we maybe give him credit for. Yeah. Um, because he's totally doing again, the the charming sociopath in this movie and he's doing it really well because he is incredibly likable, incredibly charming, incredibly the way he, the way he, that scene where Frank calls and he's got the voice thing on and the way he turns it on Madeline where she's like, Hey, like you, what's going on here with this guy who just called you? And he kind of says like, Oh, you know, like I cannot let you compromise an investigation. And, and then he kind of spins it into a sexy time kind of thing. You know, like that's, that's so perfect. You know what I mean? That's so, that's so, and he does it, I think, I mean, it's not, maybe not in one take, but it's in one scene. Um, and he really, I, I think he's great.
0: No, he is absolutely great. And again, uh, I love all of his stuff with Vera Farmiga. I like her stuff with Leo DiCaprio, too. And I like that she's...
1: And it's a different energy. Her 100%, scenes are yeah. a completely different energy with, with DiCaprio. Yeah. But that's it's more sincere with him. You know what I mean? That's the right. thing about it where she's like, well, with Damon, it's like easy and, you know, funny. And she's kind of like she's She's laughing at him despite herself you know she's like sort of giggling along like all right this guy's a this guy's a ham and he's charming, but she looks at DiCaprio in those scenes and you can tell that that just that scene in her apartment just those those quiet moments where they're looking back and forth the, the part the part I cry at every time and this is like totally about me and my bullshit but <laughs> when he when he looks at the picture of her on the wall, the one that Damon says he's not putting up in
0: the apartment. Yeah.
1: And he and it's not it's not the whole like, oh you look great. It's that he just kinda quietly to himself just picks it and he picks it off one nail and he puts it on the higher nail. Yeah. So that it sits higher on the on the I just like I'm just like, oh just kiss. Just kiss. (laughs) Just touch her. Just kiss each other. Get her pregnant kid. Take her clothes off. Like (laughs) just do it. Like this is great. Like oh God, that's the sexiest thing I've ever seen.
0: No, it's great. Their stuff together is—it's so good. ...is really good. Oh I, my god!
1: Know. And then at the end, the end. Wait, hold on, Patrick. Don't talk. I want to talk more because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about The Departed at the end where at the funeral and Damon is walking and and he slows down when he sees Vera behind him yep. and Vera walks past him all pissy and shit and he goes like what about the baby and she completely ignores him yep. and again talking you know obviously it's not his baby right obviously right. the movie doesn't have to tell you that but it's like no fuck you it's not your baby get out of here you asshole you know um that whole th- that whole p- and it just hit the look on his face and then he's buying bagels at the end of the movie like it's just such it's so great
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looks almost like she's gonna walk straight into the camera into like, the camera is, 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 is this how we're gonna cut is her yeah. doing the de niro in cape fear like <laughs> exactly. walking straight into the camera exactly <laughs> counselor
1: <laughs> oh my god Stop. this is only Maybe the second
0: good. uh by the way uh, I did Cape Fear once with Michelle Egg, and this is only the second Scorsese movie we've ever done in 617 episodes. Oh my, is that episodes. true? Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mike, Mike and I almost okay. did Gangs of New York once, and it got canceled. I think by like the pandemic, or we we instead did a Bond movie, or one of these days we're still gonna do it. But yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Patrick, I think I'm I, just
0: I'm always intimidated. I think to do Scorsese.
1: I just want I just want to say, look. Everybody listening, everybody reading, you, me, I I love all of you. We did Midnight in the Switchgrass.
0: (laughs) That's a show. People can go listen
1: to it. And we slowly lost our minds during that show. And you didn't tell me that the author of a very, very good book about Shaun of the Dead was coming (laughs) on the very next week
0: yeah that was funny the way that all worked out wasn't it i didn't know that that was gonna happen <laughs> he was a good sport about it though he was I wonderful appreciate. wonderful yeah. and
1: it's a and i got that book for christmas i love it it's great
0: yeah it is really really good um, um yeah i'm so excited that midnight in the switch has become like a <laughs> meme now where anytime we do like guess what you know uh yeah. guess what, what movie we're be? doing this week somebody will post a gif <laughs> of just grass blowing in the wind. <laughs>
1: Um, I want to talk a little bit just just about DiCaprio in this. Um, first of all, he looks like a baby in this movie. Yes,
0: he does. I, I,
1: and, it's, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, it's you know, it's almost ten years after Titanic. I, he's about he's early 30s, maybe 31 in this movie, 32. Um, but he looks like a baby. Like he just it's comparing him like you know, not that he looks bad, obviously, but obviously you know, uh, once upon a time, ho, he's meant to look a little you know a little more disheveled. Um, but he's such a baby of this, but I love more than I ever have before. Love that opening scene with him and Sheen and Wahlberg where he's interrogating him about his past, right? About uncle Jackie and all that. Yeah. And you know, you're kind of a double kid, aren't you? You, fuck? you know, like that kind of thing. You're dropping your eyes. You hang out on a big, bad Southie projects. You're no fucking cop. Um, that scene got to me more than it ever has before. I really, really enjoy just sincerely like really cause I would, you know, I cause I kind of grew up the same way. Like I, you know, my parents were divorced and I had, I, you know, I lived with my mom during the week and I went to my dad's on the weekend. I think a lot of people maybe relate to that one way or the other where it's kind of like you are kind of not like different, but like you, you do like for me, the big issue was always like, I missed a lot of the stuff my friends were doing growing up because they did it on the weekends. Right, right, right. So like it wasn't really until I was in like middle school to high school where I kind of stopped the dad visits, you know, as as often that I really kind of got to got to be more of a part of my social groups. Um, but that whole thing of like feeling like you don't have that identity, and then that his whole thing about you know families rising and like falling in America, that whole that whole conversation. Even though I've seen this movie a thousand times, for whatever reason, that's the one thing on this rewatch that hit me so much. Just in terms of the text of the movie, the way that this movie is about doubles and this movie is about mm-hmm. identity and this movie is about Catholic guilt. And the movie is about you know all the things that are you know, right there on the surface.
0: It's like a John Woo movie.
1: It is. Well, there is that like weird – I was going to ask you before. I know we didn't um, – you, you hadn't seen Infernal Affairs. Right. But I was going to think about like the sort of, infer- the sort of um, heroic bloodshed you know, the killer, that you know, hard boy, that kind of genre where it mm. kind of falls into that, you know, sort of honor among thieves kind of thing. or honor. Well, among... John
0: Woo is just obsessed with this idea of and like then, cop and criminal being two the same. sides of the same coin, you know?
1: Exactly, yeah, you know, what's the difference, right? That whole thing. But his whole thing about like, nobody's going to trust me because I'm the descendant of these criminals, but I also can't really trade on that because i didn't really grow up in that world right. like most right, of my right. time was spent with my mom you know and, and you know i am in, you know wherever i don't know boston geography i apologize um but you know i'm in a more affluent area with mom during the week dad i'm down in the projects and that's cool i can you know drop my r's and be cool and all that but like i don't really have but he's hamstrung by that because he can't it's like you know you you're not going to be a statey, you know you're not gonna you're not going to be part of this you're not going to be this and you know obviously that sets up the plot of the movie but I really found myself and, and and really liking DiCaprio's sort of coiled spring performance in that scene where he's like he's got so many things he wants to say mm-hmm. he's got he's and he's he's like you can see the vein popping in his head like
0: he just
1: <laughs> because he's because there is so much pain for him there you know what I mean that is part of his problem is that he's got this anger that he know comes from his Maybe his not so reputable heritage, but like he also is educated and he's also, you know, maybe wants to be a police officer and blah, blah, blah. Like he's got that double kid background um, that he can't he can't rectify, you know, and this is like the only way he can do it. And that leads up to the drama of the film, which is him slowly losing his mind where he's like look I'm I'm already biologically predetermined or you know predestined to this kind of behavior anyway the fact that I'm doing it now but I know that it's wrong like that's it's made, you know obviously there's so many cutaways to him just drinking from a you know straight from a bottle right, of wine right. taking the pills and all that and he's slowly having a breakdown um, I found so much in that this time. That's like the one thing I really found a lot that I hadn't maybe necessarily found before.
0: He's such a tragic character because no one will listen to him. Again, with the exception yeah. of Veer Farmiga, which is why they form the connection that they do. Exactly. But no, you know, the guys that he's working for aren't listening to him. No matter how many times he says, they're going to murder me. Uh, They don't do anything to really help him out. Nobody in Nicholson's gang is really paying attention to him because they either don't trust him or because they don't, you know, trust his bona fides or kind of exactly what you were just talking about. So he's just this island of a person who's doomed from the moment he agrees to take this assignment. It's awful.
1: And it's and, you know. And the, the, the little bit of elation that he feels, there's two points in this movie where he feels genuine elation. The one is when Nicholson tells him, it's my, maybe my favorite Nicholson moment in the movie, where he tells him, your father, if you saw you sitting here with me, he would blow my fucking brains out. Like yeah. he would, he, and, he, and he goes, and he could do it. And he, look, <laughs> and he looks at him, and you see DiCaprio just have that moment You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of his rare moments of like real, like, like, oh, like, and he kind of has that like little, he kind of sits up a little straighter. Like my dad, you know, who was always picked on because he wasn't, you know, my uncle Jackie or whatever, like he's got, you know, you know, my, no, my dad actually was more layered than I thought he was. My dad had a little bit more going on than I thought. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just a masculine, like, oh, my dad was stronger than I thought he was. It could be that too, you know, but regardless, there's a beautiful moment, like it's such a great performance moment. And then the end when he when he's got the tapes, right? And he's like, right. you know, and he he says, Frank trusted me more than anybody, you know. And and, he, and you see that cor- sort of form over the course of the thing. He's got, he he knows what's right. He knows that the system is corrupt, and he can't just report Damon's character. He's got to go after him because this is, you know, this is this is Old Testament shit. Like he needs <laughs> to knock this guy out. Because uh, he knows Damon is such a good manipulator that he's not going to be able to get anywhere in the system. So I'm not a cop anymore. Screw it. I'm going to take this guy out. It's so good. He's just so. Everybody is so good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the characters are more. And you know, I talked about this movie being found in the editing, and 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 I, I believe that I really do because by all accounts this movie was again kind of a disaster to make, and who knows? You know, they didn't know if it was going to work, but you they managed to find, you know, Scorsese and Shoemaker and everybody, like they it they really did still manage to thread an emotional current through the movie. There's still a really clear emotional character continuity in this movie. You always know, even if things skip around, you know what people where people are at in their heads. Absolutely. You know you know what people are thinking. You know yeah. what their motivations are. You know that's really hard to do. And it's very easy to do a movie like this. And have it be a little more scattershot. Have it be a little bit more like, yeah, but it's cool, and it's a gangster right, movie, right, and it's, right, you know, right. it's got that sort of, uh, you know, Guy Ritchie vibe to it and all that. But, like, and nothing against Guy Ritchie, but, like, it, it it could be that. But this, it's still, Scorsese knows where his bread is buttered. Like, he knows it's about the characters. He knows it's about their emotional states. The, the, every scene, even if it seems like a non sequitur, or if it seems like something is kind of random, everything pushes the character or the plot along in a really, really, really interesting, grimy, again, like just like exposed nerve kind of way.
0: Yeah. Just the way that both DiCaprio and Damon are com- constantly competing for whether it's Vera Farmiga, whether it's Jack Nicholson, like this idea that. Yeah. And DiCaprio comes out ahead every time because again, Matt Damon is just a fucking shell of a person. Uh, which the movie recognizes. Uh, he's just, but, it, but he's able to be so successful, which is a very cynical outlook, but uh, I think an accurate one, you know, that he and could...
1: I think he's, I think he's disappointed in how successful he is. Like, that's the weird thing about it. I, <laughs> I do honestly, like, I feel I don't like know he's...
0: if he has that kind of a moral, Well, maybe not, but like, guidance. I feel like he,
1: but he's kind of like, like he almost, I, yeah, but as you said, like it's cynical, like he's kind of got like a, like I don't know, I guess. Like he says like I'm pretty fucking good at lying. I can keep doing that. You know, yeah, like he, yeah. he he kind of you know, as you said, it's sort of cynical.
0: Yeah, I think he's definitely tired of doing it, which is that yeah. okay at the end, you know.
1: Yeah, just like, ah, right, just fuck it. Like who
0: yeah. <laughs> right, game's up. Um game's up. I'm done. as the as the site's resident expert on unmade movies, do you know anything about the supposed sequel that was written for this?
1: <laughs> yeah that's right I guess I kind of am um, I read again very very briefly could be apocryphal I remember the news at the time uh, it reminded me when I was doing a little bit of research for this um, that they were doing a Wahlberg movie that there was go- no thank there you was, there was gonna be a uh, Dignum movie because I think at that point I think uh, uh, Monaghan right is yeah. the yeah said he hadn't he that he watched the sequels to infernal affairs and was like oh like well there's some, there's something here like there's like the wire here somewhere we could do like a political kind of thing but yeah i don't i don't there's no there's no reason to do that i don't think um
0: no we don't, need I, don't a, I don't we don't need ever, a solo uh, dignum adventure no
1: i don't think it ever got very far and obviously at this point
0: wikipedia right claims past- the script was written but that's as much as we know
1: Sure, I mean, the lots of scripts have been
0: written. <laughs> that is true. Mid- Midnight in the Switchgrass was written. Really hey, somebody <laughs> made that into a movie.
1: It's
0: true. Or major, or something. And major stars were in it. <laughs> they agreed to do it. Stars like Machine Gun Kelly and Will Monopoly or whatever his name was. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, shit yeah that guy was f this movie's next breakout character and we've this already a good forgotten time this to name. mention our hudson hawk episode <laughs> also
1: bruce willis you thought i was gonna forget uh, but i didn't
0: how many shows ago was that like how many
1: shows or how many you and me shows i don't
0: even know no just like shows, shows in, in general, general i'm wondering 20 25 maybe i'm not sure 571 yeah it was like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 30, 50, plus like probably 10 or 12 Craven Craven. That's like 60 shows ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we're still bringing it up. But it lives. That's your legacy. <laughs> you know,
1: well, Patrick, when you bring the excitement,
0: it doesn't just go away. No, I know. You catch it. You got it forever. In the words of Mark Wahlberg, I think I caught the excitement, kid. <laughs> you know fucking hawk. <laughs> I think I just caught the excitement i got it I um it. It anything else be... about the departed you want to talk about
1: i i mean yeah but <laughs> 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 no
0: nothing nothing else
1: nothing else particularly uh nothing else that not everybody else who immediately and listen to be fair if you're listening to this episode and you're not already thinking i'm gonna watch the fucking departed tonight <laughs> you're wrong and you need to reconsider <laughs> your life choices uh, because you everybody out there needs to watch the departed tonight that's what needs to happen
0: I just, I can't reconcile the fact, and I could be wrong, but I feel like just by taking the temperature of the online discourse, and maybe I'm relying too heavily on Twitter or on articles that get written online, Yeah, uh, I don't feel like The Departed is considered, like, in the upper echelon of Scorsese movies, or, like, is considered to be one of his masterpiece classics, and... I'm fascinated by that because I think it's uh, Wolf of Wall Street, I think, has a larger cultural footprint. And I yeah. get that it's more recent, um, but I just don't feel like I hear that many people talk about The Departed. And that isn't to say that that reflects on the quality of the movie. I'm just wondering what the disconnect is because I think it's a great movie. I think it's a masterpiece.
1: You There's, obviously think it's a
0: masterpiece. So I why? 100% that, agree. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why it isn't more widely talked about more widely recognized and maybe i'm completely fucking off base i have no idea what we could do
1: patrick just yeah. start tweeting about the departed every day
0: i like this idea
1: daily because departed what, what else are we gonna do what are we gonna tweet about <laughs> sundance yeah, right. i'm not at sundance <laughs> none of you are at sundance stop it
0: well here's your fucking daily departed kid
1: did you your fucking daily wall bug. <laughs> maybe, maybe not.
0: Uh, maybe fuck yourself. Huh. What does, uh, I like that you don't see what DiCaprio does to get put in prison.
1: Yeah, but I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right.
0: Well, we see him beat the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, he probably did that. Where he picks up the coat rack and just starts <laughs> slamming it into the guy
1: tell you what though every time i'm in the grocery store and i see cranberry juice i do think fucking that's a diuretic (laughs) but girlfriend drinks it which is on a period you on your fucking period
0: we didn't talk about ray winstone even (laughs) ray winstone famously not from boston (laughs) yeah right (laughs) but he's great
1: yeah she she got reliable real quick
0: uh worst boston accent goes to who do you say Uh, it's it's dicaprio right uh part of me says martin sheen oh well okay yes yeah, i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't thinking about martin sheen. <laughs> who's great in the movie again as sort of this surrogate father figure yeah oh you know. he's very warm it's really good casting like in terms of like this is the guy yeah. you want to work for and you want to put all your trust in and you hope doesn't get thrown off a building <laughs> he's like lieutenant dignum
1: has a style all his own so uh <laughs> we we have to we have to deal with it uh yeah no no yeah maybe you're right yeah maybe his is the most forced I would say I also see the problem is is I I love Martin Sheen from The West Wing and right uh, Jed, Jed Jed bartlett is from New England so I always sort of assume I know he's from New Hampshire it's different but um yeah so maybe I give him a little bit more credit but yeah maybe I think he might be right but uh there there are moments of the movie where DiCaprio says something and I go ooh <laughs> this movie's a cartoon
0: <laughs> yeah I mean uh, DiCaprio almost takes the Kevin Costner like yeah, approach to trying. Britishness where Yeah, he just only sometimes tries. He sometimes got an accent. Right. Which is fine. Again, it doesn't pull me out of the movie at all.
1: Again, I have
0: no problem with
1: anything in this movie. (laughs) This
0: movie is perfect. The only thing I don't like, this is such a stupid nitpick. Ready for it? Yeah. Um, The scene after the porn theater, that great sort of chase scene where they're following each other and the phones are ringing.
1: Yep.
0: They do that post-production slow-mo thing that kind of strobe effect on a couple of the shots do you know what I'm talking about
1: yeah I know what you
0: mean I hate it in any movie it always takes me out
1: th- that might have been that one thing you were thinking of earlier like Maybe. that like
0: one random right, post-production right, right. thing yeah, yeah it
1: might be uh, you know what I don't like what my little nitpick is what is it that this movie ends <laughs> <laughs> that at one point but there what credits. an ending
0: Matt Damon dead on the ground a rat crawling on the balcony <laughs> You've been watching The Depatted Kid.
1: You just saw the fucking, you just fucking depatted from the fucking Depatted Kid.
0: Uh, well, anyway, you guys, thanks very much for listening to this very special episode. It was super fun oh. to talk about this movie with you. I feel like watching it again, even though I just watched it today.
1: 100%. Do it right <laughs> now. I'm telling you again, watch it right now.
0: It's great. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at FThisMovie, like us on Facebook, email us at FThisMoviePodcast at gmail.com with your show suggestions, reviews, comments, questions, whatever you got, and uh, go to FThisMovie.com every day for cool movie shit like this. Uh, Thanks again, Rob. This was awesome.
1: You know what? Everybody listening out there, just remember, you're no fucking cop. Unless you are. Then... To do do good things good night thanks for listening to f s movie